Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, including some that ran only one episode, and some that are the worst job interview of all time. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. Clean up on aisle vomit! Oh, God. You saying that made me annoyed. (laughs) Uh, We are doing the 2004 MTV reality show, The Assistant, starring Andy Dick. Yes. Twelve contestants are given a chance to work in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. They get, they're told that they are going to work with an A-list celebrity if yes. they get this job. But they're not told who it is. Yes, they're told the show will be with an A-list celebrity. Yeah. Uh, the prizes are a full American Eagle wardrobe, because yes. it is 2004, y'all. Yes. A Scion A Scion TC. Because it is 2004, <laughs> y'all. And an entry-level job with MTV. Yes. Who will get the job, the clothes, and the car is the thing they keep saying. Yeah. I need to bring this up since you've already brought it up. Mm -hmm. But one of my favorite shows of all time is Frisky Dingo. Okay. And I always say Frisky Dingo has a really slow opening. Right. Like, the first two episodes are okay. Mm -hmm. The third episode is abysmal. And then once you get through that, the rest of the show is gold. Okay. The third episode is known as the Scion TC episode. Okay. Because it is mostly a commercial for Scions. How about the new Scion TC? No. Introducing the Scion TC. The bold, sleek styling is all like cacao, but the 2.4 liter dual overhead cam engine with 160 horsepower is all like cacao. The Scion TC, Burl, it's what moves you. What moves you indeed, Randy? I could take that to the beach. Shotgun, yeah, you at the beach. With your skin? So the moment they were like, the winner will receive a Scion TC, I was like, Scion TC, Scion TC. Scion TC. I'm glad you derived a moment of joy out of the show. I know that there is one fan that really enjoys that that reference was made. So that was for Jab. No, no, no. I mean, I'm glad someone got a moment of joy out of The Assistant. (laughs) Somewhere. Because that might be the last moment of joy we get from this show. There's no mystery on this show. We like, we never, like, no one ever listens to one of our podcasts and goes, I wonder what they'll choose at the end. I, like, we know, give it away immediately. I don't think that's true. I think there's shows that we've been like, we really enjoyed it, but it's a stay doomed for this reason. Yeah. Or there's shows where we're like, I don't like it, but I think it could be fixed. Yeah. But, like, we I'm going to be honest, we've had a run of crap recently yes, with Vampires, yeah. Clarissa Now, and this. I'm really optimistic about next week's episode. Mm. Let's see how long that lasts. Yeah. So, so this is a reality show, and you're Andy Dick's assistant. Now, like, I think we need to put some, like, context in right now. Okay. Uh, this is 2004. So right. this is, like, an era where, like, reality show has taken over. 
Like, there was a show on um, MTV called Kathy's So-Called Reality, mm-hmm. which I, I think would have run maybe two seasons before this, or two years before this, that was just a show talking about reality shows. Okay. So, like, reality shows were huge. So this is, like, the first parody of a reality show? Yeah, I think this is the first full series satire. Yes. And, like, we're clearly doing a satire of The Apprentice. We're doing a satire of everything. Well, I mean, like, the overarching idea yeah. is The Apprentice. And I think there were a few other shows at that at this point that were, the the prize is a job. Yes. I'm not sure when P. Diddy's Making the Band was. Um, not the original O-Town, I Dream About a Girl That Makes a Destiny's Child version. The P. Diddy Walk Across the Bridge and Get Me a Cake version. Do you mean I Want to Work for Diddy? No, I oh. mean Making the Band. Because I Want to Work for Diddy was in 2008. Okay. Making the Band Making the bad Band is really hard to look up because it was killed and revived so, so many, many times. So many times. It had... Uh, 12 seasons, four iterations of three seasons each. Yeah. So that, I'm not doing that research. We we got something In any, to do All right, so maybe it is referencing that because it was on MTV. It started being on MTV in 2002. Okay, so then yes. Yeah, the and, first, the second iteration of the show. Yeah, so this is not the boy band version. This was the P. Diddy version. And very famously, he was with all these people who decided that they were too big for the show. And he says, all right, well, you're going to walk to Brooklyn and you're going to come back with a cheesecake. Yeesh. And he makes them walk across the Brooklyn Bridge, buy a cheesecake. And by the time they get back, P. Diddy had gone home for the day. That's obnoxious. But it was like, it was trying to humble them. But like, so like that type of show where like you have this guy on a pedestal looking down on contestants. Right. Was big. Yeah. And in 2004... Andy Dick was in his prime. And we use that term fairly easily. Well, see, I don't. Because Andy Dick's gimmick is he kind of sucks. Okay. Like, and this is peak Andy Dick kind of sucks. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, like, if you were going to make a reality show in 2004 where it's like, all right, let's do The Apprentice, but with the worst celebrity we can imagine. Okay. Andy Dick is the perfect choice for this. That's fair. He's coming off his own MTV show, The Andy Dick Show, which was a mild success. And so everyone knows him and everyone's just kind of like, oh yeah, that guy who sucks. Yeah. And like, I'm trying to think of a modern day equivalent of, I guess he's like Jake Paul. Oh man, I don't, look, I know I just spoke poorly of Andy Dick, but like... Jeez. Yeah, where, where his whole gimmick is, oh, he's an ass. Yeah, it, the, his whole gimmick is that he's unlikable. Okay. Yeah. So he's kind of the Jake Paul of 2004. All right. I'm going to tweet that at Andy Dick and just see how he responds. Now, is Andy Dick our first double alum? Because he was on I'm with Busey and... Clone High. And Clone High, that's right. He was Mr. Sheepman. That's right. He might be our first double alum. Uh, I would have to look back at all of our episodes to really be sure about that. By the way, Andy Dick's uh, IMDb page is a magical place of things you had no idea. Andy, like, Andy Dick is legitimately great, in my opinion. Like, I I regret not suggesting the Andy Dick show over this. 
Because I like the Andy Dick show a lot. He's got a lot of very small roles in things that you're like, he's in what? Yeah. Like the cable guy, he's the host at Medieval Times. Yes, yes like, he is. Just stuff you're like, oh, I didn't even think he's, of that. He plays a masseuse in Zoolander. Right. Because he was supposed to be Magatu. Really? And for some like scheduling conflict, he couldn't do it. Which... Like, Will Ferrell is so iconic as Mugatu. Yeah. But you can totally see that being Andy Dick. I could see him going like, don't get foam, it makes me farty. Yeah, that is such an Andy Dick line. Yes. <laughs> so, anyway, getting back onto it as we discuss Andy Dick here. Because there's more to discuss about Andy Dick than there is about the show. <laughs> the opening episode starts with uh, Andy Dick and his butler and his maid standing out of what is clearly not his house. Yeah, Max is the butler and Berta is the maid. Yes. And they are not utilized very much. No, not at all. You think they're going to be major characters? Because uh, I thought they were going to be like Big John in Rock of Love or mm. Ricky in Daisy of Love, to use an example yeah. from here. I mean, they come back, but they don't, they, never, they don't do anything that stands out. They're not in every episode, and we don't really see them interact with Andy very much. But, yeah, they're in the clearly, like, rented mansion. Yeah. There's not a moment watching this that I believe this is actually Andy Dick's home. No. So, he's standing out front, and the limos are coming up so he can meet all the contestants. Right. And uh, the two that stand out are Mark. Mm-hmm. Because he asks Mark, uh, what's he doing here? Like, what's his goal? Yeah. And he slaps him on the shoulder and says, we got plenty of time to catch up and walks away. Yeah, which is such a ballsy move, really. Super ballsy. And then another guy shows up and is like, so what are you here for? And he goes, just to hang out. Yeah, that's um, Andrew. Andrew, yes. Uh, the other ones are, you know, Anna, who is psyched to be in L.A. Uh, Tanika, who is a blonde. From Iowa. Right. Uh, Michael, who they interview Michael before he meets Andy Dick and he is spitballing who he thinks the A-lister is. Yeah. And like, Michael is shooting high. Mm -hmm. He thinks this is going to be like, I believe he mentions Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jeff, Sarah, who is another blonde. Melissa, who is another blonde. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie. Who is kind of like, she reminds me of Gwen from Total Drama Island, just in her look. Yeah, she's kind of the goth girl of the yeah. group. Yeah. Um, Ebony wants to be a makeup artist. Uh, Nikita is from Philadelphia. Yes. And Colin is attractive. That's literally all we know about these people yes. at this point. Uh, but you're, you're stumbling upon like the first major issues with the show. These people all look too similar. Tanika, Sarah, and Melissa are all blonde and none of them has anything that like and like i'm blonde so i right. get like the please don't lump us all together but they don't look substantially different enough from each other in like the talking heads right like they all kind of have the very like clean cut no makeup makeup and this is early reality shows like the survivor one came out in 2000 Right. So we're like four years into reality shows. And this is the era of reality shows where everyone just needs to make one. Mm -hmm. And not everyone has figured it out yet. Because you'll notice now with reality shows that 
not only will they make sure people look kind of different, but they'll have a character and they'll make sure they're always either in the same color or the same type of shirt. Yeah. So it's like, oh, he's polo guy. Mm -hmm. So if nothing else, you're like, oh, he wears that always. Got it. Yeah, or like, oh, she wears red. Like, that's her thing. Right. This way you can kind of separate them in your mind, even if you can't remember your, the names. Because every reality show starts with, here's 16 people whose names you have to know. Yeah, and like, when they don't do it, it's actually to prove a point. Like with Rock of Love Bus, when they kind of just throw the four blondes together and make them a group. Right. Some of whom are not easily differentiated from each other. Mm-hmm. And they just call them the Blondtourage, and it's just these four blonde girls. Yeah. This, it's like, we don't have the Blondtourage, but we have these three girls who are all, like, cheerful, blonde go-getters. Yeah. So they're not easy to... This show has uh, the TV tropes, the eight most dangerous words. Yeah. I don't care what happens to these people. Yeah. Especially early on, the show has it in spades. Yeah. And you don't get enough time to care about them because after meeting all of them, Andy announces that one of them needs to be clipped. clipped. That's his way of, that's his elimination word. Yeah. He's got clip people. It's not like it's a hairstyling show. Nope. It, it's not like he's known for scissors. One of you will need to be edited out. I, which would make sense in a movie. Yeah. In a Hollywood theme of like one mm. of you needs to be edited out. Or cut. Instead of clipped. Yeah, cut would be a simpler way of saying it. I yeah. like edited it out because it sounds cool. So it comes down... I'm, I'm just saying with cut, he could have kept the same, like, hand motion and noise. Yeah. Ugh. So he pulls... Uh, what's his name? Peter and Mark? Uh, Mark and Andrew. Mark and Andrew aside and was like, you didn't make a very good first impression. Uh, Mark, you're a bit of an a-hole. But we need a-holes. So you get to stay. And everyone who stays gets a rose like it's the The bachelor. And Andrew goes home without ever starting. Yeah. And he's just done. Which a lot of reality shows do do that. Like I know my my favorite reality shows are clearly Rock of Love and it's children. Because that's what I'm always going to tie it back to. There's girls who never make it in the house. Right. So like this is kind of a standard thing. But usually they start with a higher number of people. Yeah, and it's also not a dating show. Right. Like, with a dating show, you can totally just be like, oh, I'm not feeling it or I'm not attracted to you, so it's over. Like, this is for, like, a job and prizes. Yeah. So for someone to just like, yeah, I didn't like the three sentences you said to me, goodbye is weird. So Andrew is eliminated for not caring enough right and then andy leads them in the house tour and they're all clearly like really excited to go to their rooms mm -hmm. but they're in like a military style barracks that is like cobbled together in the garage in the garage it's also mentioned should be mentioned that andy uh shows on the pool and mentions that the grass is too long yeah and then one of our contestants tanika tanika takes it upon herself to find a pair of scissors and snips the grass. It's a lot. Yeah. And they also have a book on each cot 
called The Life and Times of Andy Dick. Right. Uh, so the big challenge, the, this is going to move quick because each episode is 23 minutes. Yeah. So he quizzes them on their knowledge of the life and times of yeah. Andy Dick. In a very clear, who millionaire. wants to be a millionaire ripoff. The three lowest scores are Ebony, Colin, and Nikita. And Nikita is eliminated for having the lowest score. Yes. And then Anna cries. <laughs> this this might be my favorite part of the show. Anna cries because elimination is hard. And then they cut to Andy to confessional going, Anna cried? Why did Anna cry? I didn't eliminate her. Just really excited to have this opportunity. Actually, we should do a drug test on all the kids. <laughs> and that's like one of the funniest things that happens in the show is him kind of being like, what? It? Drug test them. Yeah. <laughs> They're weird. Uh, so that's episode one. That's that all is, of it. That is episode one. Now, I have to bring this up because we're going to see all these parodies in here. Yeah. And they're all bad. And there's this thing where it'll cut to Andy saying something like, I had this idea that I was going to have the kids, uh, you know, have a rose ceremony. And then it'll cut to a contestant saying, Andy's just ripping off The Bachelor. Yeah. Like, he, he doesn't have a lot of good ideas. It doesn't pull off bad on purpose that the, well the way that like garth Marenghi did oh yeah because like that's what they're trying to do is like oh they're failing at at this being a reality show and they they do that but it never feels like this is intentional and funny it feels more just like oh this is just bad i think uh it's missing the necessary earnestness to pull off bad on purpose yeah it's missing like Andy loves reality TV, and Andy's gonna get hit to live his dream of being the Bachelor. No, it's uh, we had, didn't figure out an elimination ceremony, so here are roses. Yeah, and like I think that's where Garth Marenghi does it correctly, and some of the other shows we've seen that have a stylistic bad on purpose element, mm -hmm. they still look like they care. Yeah, and that's important. Episode two. Episode two. Uh, Andy Dick wakes up, rolls over, and hits a button for his alarm. That rings like an air raid siren in the garage, which looks a little less spare and a little less sad as the contestants have moved in and they've kind of put up yeah. uh, sleeping bags. So they're kind of like a little bit settled in now. Mm -hmm. um, Angie demands coffee and introduces us to John. He's doing a parody of The Littlest Groom. Is that what this is supposed to be? Yes. I thought this was a boot camp parody. No, he mentions The Littlest Groom specifically. Oh. Which aired a couple months before uh, The Assistant. So this would have been in the zeitgeist at the time. Oh, because basically he brings a little person in to demean them. And I thought it was like... It's to demean the contestants. Yeah, to demean the, the contestants. And I thought it was like, oh, he's so small, but he's going to be yelling. How funny. No, he actually specifically mentioned the littlest groom. I thought he specifically mentioned boot camp, but I could be wrong. They they kind of like, I mean, it might be both. Yeah. We might both be right here. In 2004, little people were considered like the utmost of comedy for some reason. It's true. Like, I don't know why this was, but I feel like 
this was far from the only thing that was like, oh, look, a little person, yeah. therefore I mean, funny. We're, we're, we're minced jackass and wee man. And, uh... I will be fair. Uh, jackass never treated wee man as subhuman. No, but they always were like, he's gonna be an Oompa, he's gonna be a baby. I'm thinking more Hornswoggle from WWE. Yeah, Hornswoggle's at this time. Uh, I think this is uh, Death at a Funeral time. Um, I think this might be the when the original Death at a Funeral was, the uh, British one. Yes. No, and Death at a Funeral, the British one was in 2007. Oh, the so no. American one wasn't until 2010. Maybe me, myself, and Irene? Maybe, yeah. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I, I know when Death at a Funeral came out, because James Marsden doesn't wear clothes in that movie. Yeah, that's right. And when I was like 20, I was like, excuse me, hello? So, they, they bring in this little person, John is his name, yes. right? And... Each contestant is going to be given a task, and how well they complete their task will determine if they are clipped or not. And this is the first time we really see gameplay, Mm -hmm. and the gameplay is awful. Does not make sense. Because they're not consistent. Like, some people are in teams, some people are working alone. Right. The jobs are not equal. Right. So, Anna has to detail the car. Yes. She has to wash her car. Uh, Ebony and Melissa are going to read scripts and reenact them for Andy. Yes. Which, compared to the rest of them, is fun. Yes. And, like, the one he's the most happy about. Like, Andy's like, ooh, the play. Yeah. Like, he's he doesn't look at it as, like, a demeaning job. Stephanie has to teach the cat. To sit on Andy's shoulders. Yes. And also the cat has a suppository that needs to be <laughs> yeah. given to him. Um, Colin needs to find Andy's contact lens. Or no, the lens from his glasses. Yeah. Which fell in the pool. Right. Uh, Jeff and Sarah need to prepare a meal. And then Mark needs to win a 5K pretending to be Andy Dick. Oh, and... and- and uh, Michael and Tanika need to build a playhouse yes. for a visiting child. There is a big difference between washing a car and running a 5K. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but that's, that's the plan here. We'll go through each one, I guess. Anna washes the car and then is scolded for not being in a bikini. Yeah, he's weirdly Ick. sexist toward Anna in particular. Yeah. Um, he is very objectifying toward her in per- to the point where I almost feel like she would have been if someone was a plant from MTV. It's Anna, yeah, because she's the one who cries and she's the one who Andy is directly sexist to most. Right. Um. Jeff and Sarah aren't very good at getting the food. They make me think that they were not given the time or resources to complete the challenge. Well, and we see that Michael and Tanika are certainly not given the resources to complete a successful playhouse. Yeah, the, the playhouse seems to be there so that John can knock it over. Yeah. Because he just starts running into it full force. And they kind of expect it to fall and it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, the But going back to the meal... There's like there's a moment where Andy is seen biting into a tomato and then spits it out and says, "You fed me rotten food," and there's not enough evidence for that to be true. 
It's also, if they were fed, we don't see Jeff and Sarah go get the food. So this is the producers have left them. Yes. Also, there's a part where he grabs like a handful of lettuce and goes, This is what you cook with. You cook with utensils. And it very much reeks of, Andy, we need footage of you angry. Yeah, like... This, it was a salad. This was a weird challenge that didn't... And, like, I got a lot of, oh, I don't think they were given the ability yeah. to complete this task. And part of me wonders if that was the point, that none right. of them were given the ability, based on how the elimination ceremony goes. Uh, John immediately finds the glass lens in the pool and yes. embarrasses Colin. Yeah, Colin has been swimming all day and, and hasn't found it. And then John goes, what's that right there? Jumps in the pool and comes out with the glasses, glasses lens. I immediately think, oh, it was in his pocket. Yeah. Like, do you buy for an instant that that lens was in the pool? No. Me neither. Uh, Mark steals the trophy, which is funny. Yes, which I love. Yeah. I love this. And I, I have to bring this up here. I have a better memory. I watched most of this first run. Right. I remember there being more to this show. and I could see that. It's weird because like we looked up the runtime and it matches the runtime that of the version we found online. Right. But like I remember there being more of seeing Mark sneaking around and stealing the trophy. Yeah. Like instead we get like this momentary clip of it happening. To the point where, like, you could be confused that it happened. Yeah. Like, you'd be like, oh, did he win and then just leave? Like, it happened so quickly that it's like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, like, everything in this episode feels like it happened way too fast. And we don't see anybody do it. I think we see more of individual challenges on a game like Rock of Love or I Want to Marry Harry. Yeah. Than we do of this. Right. And part of this is because everybody is a different task. You can't really see... It's hard to, like, measure them against each other. But we do see that, like, Jeff kind of throws a little bit of a temper tantrum. Yes, because he got yelled at with the food issue. So then we do America's Next Top Andy's Assistant. Yes. And first he makes Anna walk like it's the runway. Yeah. Again, supporting my idea that Anna might be... A plant? Because the way he treats her in particular is horrible. Well, don't they all do the walk? Because Colin gives, like, blows a kiss. That's right. I think you're right. Yeah, I think they all do the walk. So then it's down to Sarah and Jeff, who work together, and Mark. Yeah. Uh, Mark's a thief, and Jeff had an attitude. Jeff and Sarah are both cut. Yes. So Sarah is cut. For nothing she has done. Well, we do we do see him actively not like the food. Right. Because the, the food is like, it, did everyone just get like one big piece of lettuce instead of cut up lettuce? So it's the only one that we see like a failure. Well. Where we could plausibly say, you could have done this better because. I mean, Colin never finds the glasses lens. Michael and Tanika make, like, a really crappy playhouse. Uh, I think Sarah is cut because of real life. Okay. Uh, Andy Dick starts to date 
Sarah in real life. When does that work at like timeline wise? Uh, it comes out that he is dating her during the airing of the show. So we don't know how long, like, I don't have dates of when the show was shot versus when, but like the news hits people during the run of the show, like during the airings on MTV that he is dating Sarah. And there's actually kind of like a lawsuit that results from this because like, you're not supposed to date contestants, contestants who sues. I couldn't find that information. Like, I couldn't find a lot of the information. I wanted to. Very interesting. Uh, MTV didn't want to comment on it, but uh, Andy Dick's publicist did. You know, he's seeing one of the girls from the show. He gave everyone a cell phone number and some of the girls called him to hang out. So he's he dated Sarah for a while. Okay. And so part of me thinks Sarah was eliminated because Andy Dick wanted, like, we see so little of what goes on that I could see it's a conflict of interest and you have to send her home. Yeah. So, Sarah and Jeff are cut. Episode three. Yes. It's Andy Dick's birthday. Yes. We think. The butler comes down and says that it is Master Dick's birthday, but they always do a surprise for him. So whatever you do, don't mention this, but we are going to throw him a big party. Yeah. They go and talk to Andy. Andy's like, I'm not feeling it today. Everybody leave me alone. But he does have an announcement. It's the return of... Nikita. Nikita, yes. So then Ebony, Mark, and Anna need to go buy presents. Well, hold up. Okay. Let's talk about the fact that Nikita comes back. Yeah, we don't... It's clearly like a pastiche of, in a dating reality show, one of the jilted lovers returns. I don't think that's common at this point. Like, it's 2004. Yeah, fair enough. I'm Like, I can't think of a single show that brought someone back that was eliminated. In 2004. I'm going to be honest. I don't know a lot about, like, the main playing it straight reality shows. I do. Like, we're talking about, like, in terms of Survivor, we're probably, uh, we're probably like, we're probably like Boston Rob at this point. Probably like six, seven seasons deep. Okay. Uh, maybe we're at our first All-Stars by that point. Maybe. In 2004, Big Brother, there might have been one moment where there was a twist and someone came back, but it wasn't enough for it to be a trend. Uh, I I wasn't ever really big on the Bachelor, Bachelorette, Average Joe area of this, but I can't think of something earlier than this that was concretely eliminated person comes back. Okay. And, like, I'm pretty sure that didn't happen on The Apprentice, which is the main thing we are parroting here. All right. So, not only does a contestant come back, but they've missed an entire episode of the show. Right. An episode that they would feasibly run the risk of getting eliminated on. Right. So, instead of being eliminated, what they really got was immunity. Yeah, and a break. Yeah. 
So, like, the contestants are upset, but as, like, a viewer now, our trust has been broken. Because now nothing matters. Because anything can happen. Right. And as someone who's watching this as just a silly Andy Dick show, that's fine. As someone who's a hardcore reality show fan, this is, this cannot stand. Yeah, I mean, the gameplay in the show is broken. Again, they're given separate tasks. Yes, so we get separate tasks again for this birthday party. Ebony, Mark, and Anna are sent to go buy presents. Michael and Melissa have to invite guests. Tanika has to order a cake. Stephanie is supposed to decorate the venue. And Nikita needs to book a restaurant. Yes. And I kind of have Colin, question mark, because I couldn't figure out what Colin's job was. I'm not sure either. Now, at this point, I start to develop a theory. Okay. My theory is with the last episode that it wasn't a matter of complete your task. It was deal with Andy yelling at you. Right. Because the person who gets cut is the one that doesn't deal with Andy yelling at him the best. Right. There's a moment where Andy's talking to, they show him talking to Nikita, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what are they doing? Like, I see everyone's got, like, pens and paper. Why is What's everybody up to? I think they are trying to see if anyone's going to give up the secret. Okay. And I was... It started almost to feel like the quest. Okay. Like, this is a fictional storyline that everyone is in. But they have some sort of, like, influence on it. Okay. And they could make the choice of... You know, I'm going to do what I was told by the butler to do and keep it quiet. Or Andy, the guy I want to employ me, is asking me right now to, to like, reveal what's going on. Maybe that's the better play for me. Yeah, Nikita and Melissa both speak to him privately and neither gives up the game. Yeah, which makes me wonder if Andy talked to everyone. That makes sense. Uh, they find out it's not Andy's birthday, but they still have the party. Nobody does a good job at anything. The The party is a disaster, and it, it feels all very staged. And oh, yeah, This is another absolutely. part that I remember there being more. Because there's a part where they're calling guests. Yeah. And Col- that's Colin's job. Right. Is, is to, to call the guests. He's in that group. And he's like, oh, that person's not coming, and he slept with his wife. <laughs> I have a memory of... Them calling Ben Stiller, and they're, like, being audio of Ben Stiller, like, making fun of Andy Dick, because he didn't want to be anywhere near him. And I remember a scene where Colin is reading the list of names, and he's like, should we invite an ex-girlfriend? And they're like, ah, she's on the list. It's like, yeah, but it's his ex. Like, yeah, but we're not sure what their relationship is like. I clearly remember that scene, which makes the rest of the episode make sense. Yeah, I have no idea. I, I, I don't, like, it doesn't make sense for it to have been, like, cut out. But, like, I, I the rest of the show doesn't really make sense without that scene. <laughs> but, I don't know, maybe I just inserted it, because I liked this show when I first watched it. And I was just trying to make it better in my brain. Yeah, I didn't watch this first run and I can't find anything that supports there being more material somewhere. 
So in any case, the it turns out it's Andy Richter's birthday. I think maybe. Yeah, and that's why it said Andy's no or Andy's birthday in his planner, and that yeah. was the confusion. Okay, yeah, I remember that. And they're just trying to have a good time with Andy, who's just really upset about this. They sing happy birthday to him, and he starts crying. Uh, and then his ex-girlfriend shows up, and Andy's with his current girlfriend, and she throws water in his face. Yep. So Andy is going to clip someone and make them pay for the shenanigans that have gone on at the party. Right. And he does a survivor-style elimination this time with the yes. torches. Mm-hmm. And he cuts Nikita. Yeah. So that was completely dumb. And he also cuts Ebony. Who we didn't really spend much time with. Right. And then he sets fire to the hedge. And I guess everyone fails a test because, like, everyone runs instead <laughs> of helping him put the hedge out. And he's just yelling, someone assist me! <laughs> Episode four. This is Andy's sick day. Yes. Andy pukes everywhere. Yes. This is the episode called Clean Up on I'll Vomit. So Andy delegates his to-do list to the assistants today because he is too sick to accomplish what he needs to do. So Anna needs to go do research for an upcoming movie with Jack Osborne. Colin needs to go break up with Michelle for Andy. Yes. Uh, Tanika and Michael need to get Andy his Walk of Fame star. And Melissa and Stephanie need to go out with his uh, little brother from the Big Brother Little Brother program. Yes. You missed Mark. Mark has to do a Japanese interview and pretend to be Andy Dick. As Andy Dick. He's like, it's real easy to be me. People do it all the time. You just have to be like, I'm Andy Dick. None of this goes well. No, of course not. Like... The library is closed, so Jack Osborne just kind of takes Anna out. They go ice skating? Like, they go ice skating and they go out to, like, dinner. Yeah. Like, Anna just has a nice day with Jack Osborne. Mm-hmm. Um, Michelle takes Colin breaking up with her very poorly and kind of causes a scene in the middle of what looks like a diner. Colin does the best because he's like, yeah, you guys are broken up. Well, I want to talk to Andy. Well, that's too bad now, isn't it? You're clipped. Goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> he just like, leaves. I was like, wow, cold. Uh, Tanika and Michael have a very hard time getting the Walk of Fame star. Mostly because Tanika and Michael are given an impossible task. Well, because that's not how that works. He, <laughs> their argument is, and I love this argument, Picasso wasn't praised for his art until after he died. You, you truly do not understand what Andy has created. And you may not now, but you should still honor him. <laughs> Yeah, they, I mean, Tanika and Michael do a very good job at a task that is literally impossible. Yeah. And then Stephanie and Melissa go out with this little kid who, like, gives them a very hard time. And they take him bowling. Yeah. But he says that Andy promised to buy him a cell phone. Yeah. I think what's happening here is it's supposed to be an annoying little kid. And they didn't get a good enough actor. Yeah. Because there's not enough hijinks here. Like, they wanted a problem child moment. Yeah, and really, he's just kind of a brat. Yeah. But, like, kind of garden variety whiny, not, like, actual problem. There's definite moments where, like, the way it's shot and the way it's cut, 
makes it seem like they were like, cut, kid, you got to be more annoying. Like, demand some stuff. All right, and roll it. Yeah, I could definitely see that being the case. Mark, he cuts up a towel in an attempt to make it look like straggly blonde hair. Yeah, it's very unflattering. And he never really gives up the game. Yeah, he's in character. He is in kayfabe. He's in character. He's like, he's doing a decent Andy Dick impression. And this just these Japanese reporters are like, no, where's Andy Dick? He's like, that's me. I'm Andy Dick. <laughs> What's sad is I know you're not going to put in another clip over that. Yeah, I'll keep that. <laughs> and then there's a great moment where Andy's like, you made me look like an a-hole. And Mark goes, oh, come on, you know you love it. And it's the only person I see, like, trying to win. Yeah. Like, he's trying to be to be like, yeah, this didn't go as the way you thought it would. But it's still okay because look at this. Right. Uh, I mean, like, I guess the people getting the star kind of say something like, it's being, it's in process. Instead of saying, like, they said no. Yeah, like, they try to kind of talk themselves into a better place. And they are spared. They are indeed spared. Um, Stephanie and Melissa are spared, and so it's down to Colin and Mark. But since Colin did break up with yeah, Michelle... I don't know why it's down to these two, <laughs> who I think did fantastic job. I think it should be Anna, who went on a date. So, Mark... Everyone's, like, actually really sad to see Mark go. Yeah. I feel like, despite Mark's, like, douchebag personality, like, that is shown in the game... I bet he's a really nice guy. He seemed friendly with all the competitors. He he kind of reminded me of me. Yeah. Like the way it's just like, this is a game, but it's supposed to be entertaining. I'm going to be as entertaining as possible. But, you know, I'm going to act like a douchebag because it's fun, but I'm not a douchebag. Episode five. Yes. This episode, I literally have the note, this episode feels like a waste. Yeah? Yeah. This is the episode where he calls them all into the room. Yes. Stephanie happens to be last and is cut for it. Yes. Early yeah. in the episode. So we have to talk about this now. Because they, she says in the talking head, had I known it was a contest, I would have run up there. Right. And this is the point where I'm realizing the rip that we're watching doesn't show credits. Yeah. And I always pay attention to like, especially with reality shows, the tiny type that shows up. That yeah. says stuff like, parts not affecting gameplay has been edited out for time and stuff like that. I know there are strict laws when it comes to game shows. Mm-hmm. I feel like he can't just do that. Yeah. and Unless it's just like, yeah, whatever Andy says goes, whatever. But, you're familiar with Billy on the street. Yes. And if you haven't seen it, listener, Billy runs up to you and says something like, for a dollar, who would you rather sleep with? And gives you two choices. What you may not know is written on a card before he asks that question is what the correct answer is. Okay. It's not Billy randomly decides if you get a dollar or not. 
For them to legally do this show, every question he asks has to be written down and have a clear, correct answer. That's so funny. Even if it's just like, as long as they answer the question, like either answer is a winning answer. They still have to write that down and have that documentation so that no one can sue for them not like running the game correctly. Right. How could this show possibly get away with this? I have no idea. I'm assuming that it was so early on that reality shows didn't quite have the legislature. See, I disagree because reality shows of this type were being lumped in with game shows. And this is after the 21 debacle. Yeah, my theory is that this was, because it's MTV, I'm assuming the contract the contestant signed was like, this isn't a normal reality show. Anything goes. And I'm sure the contract, I'm sure the, um, I'm sure the contestants signed something that they can't sue for this. Which they do, apparently. Yeah, but they sued about the dating. Yeah, but that would imply that there's favoritism that affected gameplay. I mean, I guess, yeah, sure. Unless you're complaining that he didn't date you as well. Which I don't think that's what the lawsuit is. If yeah. somebody sues, it's like, Andy Dick had never dated me. That person's living a weird life. The breach of contract lawsuit was directly about dating competitors. Okay. I'm assuming that's like a sexual harassment clause. Hmm. More than a, like, gameplay clause. Okay. Because there's a power know, imbalance. Yeah, we don't know who is doing the suing in that. Yeah, the... Wikipedia, because there's nothing. The assistant is a very difficult title to Google. Yes. So the research was a lot harder for this one. Oh, well, don't worry. Because Noah did some research. Noah did. Noah did. Noah did some research. I I also couldn't find anything. Yeah, this is a hard one to find research on. This is the camping one, and this is also the one where Andy Dick runs the term Holly Weird into the freaking ground oh my god he just keeps saying that like th- that's the way things are in holly weird it's like, uh, okay the holly weird last time he said clean up on aisle vomit like 46 times part of the show is andy dick in search of a catchphrase i really thought that this was gonna pay off with someone saying you know it's hollywood right and him being <laughs> like what or then going past the hollywood sign and him being like wood that's weird like, that would have been a great payoff to that joke. But instead, he just calls it Holly Weird and we accept it. Yeah, this is the episode in which they go camping. Right. Um, I also point out in my notes that Andy Dick wears several different pairs of Paul Frank pajamas. Because it's 2004, y'all. Yes, it is. Uh, this is, like, everything about this show is very much a time capsule. Yes, and this is the one where uh, he dresses up as a bear. Yes. To scare them, but it's clearly just him in a costume. And then he shows up later as like a vagabond. Yeah, as like Zeke the Plumber, essentially. Yeah, and he's got like makeup and stuff on. And this was a common reality show trope of taking a person, putting them in makeup, and seeing if that would change things. Yeah. I feel like Average Joe did it a lot, where it was like... If you really love her, here she is in old age makeup. Will you love her like this? I mean, Undercover Boss is literally built around this. Yeah, that was later, though. 
Undercover Boss is like a 2010 show. Uh, under yeah, Undercover Boss starts in 2010. Nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> but I just mean like it is a big trope to the point where there is now a show built around it. Yeah, yeah. So the whole thing here is that Andy Dick is pissed because the shine is coming off the rose of the reality show for him. Andy Dick can no longer do what Andy Dick wants to do on a given day because he has to do the reality show. Right. So he has now lost two projects, according to him, because of this reality show. And so he's just kind of getting bitter and grumpy. Yes. And he just tries to, like, run away. Right. But the cameras follow him. And it it kind of reeks of there's not enough footage. Yes. So we've shot some stuff. So we do a lie detector elimination this time. Yes. I forget which show this is. I don't know. But there there was totally a show where I, I think it was like Meet the Folks or Date My Parents or something. Where before you could propose to this girl, the parents would put you through a lie detector. It was basically they saw Meet the Parents with Ben Stiller, ripped off this reality show, and then started doing this parody of that reality show with Andy Dick, who's best friends with Ben Stiller. So it's kind of a nice, like, circle. Sidebar. Sidebar. There are so many lie detector. I tried to run a quick search for a lie detector reality TV show. There are four or five different shows. Yeah. All of which are newer than this show that I could find. I I know it was shot the same way as this one show. It was definitely a dating show with a lie detector. Oh, I'm sure you're right. I'm just saying there's so many shows that hinge on this gimmick. Right. Andy Dick grills Anna about whether she believed he was the vagabond and whether she believed he was the bear. And Anna kind of yes-mans him. Like, I was so scared of the bear. I totally believe that vagabond was just a random guy. Mm-hmm. And Andy gets mad that she lied and cuts her. Yes. Because you got to be honest with your boss. But in the, in the same respect, I could totally believe that he would want me to do the opposite. Yeah, I could believe that he wanted to hear what he wanted to hear. So this show feels, like, I literally have the note, I'm even eating pizza and this show still feels like a waste of time. Because yeah, it's it's impossible to play well because it's impossible to know what you should be doing. You get cut for no reason. Like, it, it feels so much not like a show. Right. It And it's so fast that we don't get to know anybody. Yeah, it's... The 23-minute episode format means we don't get to know anybody. Since everyone's doing something different for the most part in the challenges... We don't have these moments of, like, getting to know, like, oh, it's a car fixing challenge and this girl happens to be good at cars. Like, we don't know anything about anybody. Yeah, and I think that's another point is they're always so separated. Yeah. Like, a big part of reality show is seeing the contestants not get along, but they're barely even in the same room. Right. Episode six. Uh, Andy rings the siren. And everybody runs to his room because now they're afraid of being last. Right. And now Andy and Jen are in bed together because they got back together. Yes. This is the girl who threw water in his face a few episodes ago. And this is where I run into like a huge, like, oh, this is another problem. Jen asks Andy in front of the contestants if Melissa is the cute one. 
Right. And then when they leave the room, Jen asks Andy to eliminate Melissa. Right. Now, I don't buy for a second any of this. It's just a weird thing to introduce. Because at this point, why would he eliminate Melissa? Because there's also Tanika, who is virtually looks identical to Melissa. Right. They're both cute little blondes. Um, It's just a very weird scene that feels like they didn't... They realized there were no stakes in anything. So they try to artificially create some stakes. Yeah, try to create some drama. But So the task for the day is that the four of them are supposed to coordinate a an elaborate date day at like the Four Seasons Hotel and Spa mm-hmm. for Andy and Jen. They call a limo. It's a bright pink Mary Kay looking limo. Yes. With broken air conditioner. And Andy brings the four remaining assistants with them. Yes. Uh, the four remaining assistants are M- Melissa and Tanika. Right. Colin and Michael, who you may have forgotten about because he doesn't do a whole lot. Not a thing. So the hotel is overbooked. Yes, this this was a big problem because Colin claimed he called and got a reservation. And we see that. Yeah. And then when we get there, they're like, oh, you don't have a reservation. We've been booked for months because of something. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is all crap. Like, this is just where the plot of the show was written to go. And basically, they have to then make a spa out of a Ramada Inn. Yeah. And we get a Queer Eye ripoff. Yes. There's nothing special about it. Yeah, it's three very stereotypical gay men who we know nothing about and never see again. And we don't know, again, we don't know what the assistants are really given to work with. We don't know how much time they're given. Everything looks really sad and pathetic, but we're not really given any information about what the contestants have to work with. Well, in this one, we do get some stuff. Like, we're told they're given, like, no parking signs and told to cut out messages. I thought that's what they kind of, like, scavenged. No, because that's... A lot of this stuff is explained by the Queer Eye guys. They're like, here's what you can do. Take these message, these signs and cut words out of them. And they do that and they're like, let's use this pump to blow bubbles into the uh, the bathtub to make a jacuzzi. Well, that's broken. And th- they bring them the paint rollers that they use for massaging. Because they make it a point to have the one queer eye guy say, get really into the butt. That's where all the tension is. Yeah. So that... Colin can be inappropriate later with Andy's girlfriend. Yeah. And, like, that's one of the few times where you're like, okay, it makes sense that they give Colin that job. Right. Because Colin is an attractive guy. Mm -hmm. So giving him the, like, the role where he'd have to touch Jen and therefore cause drama is one of the few things that actually, like, makes sense. Yeah, I I think... There's, like, the crux of a good idea in this episode. (laughs) Yeah, like, there's... But I think that we needed them to be like, here, here's $10, go to the dollar store. Yeah. And figure something out. Yeah, to see them have the materials to fail or lose, rather than being given losing materials. Yeah. To fail or lose. Great job, Noah. Because I think that's one of the things with any challenge that gets... uh, 
like blown is you feel like they weren't given they were either not given the proper materials or time or they were set up to do a thing that's not possible yeah very the quest crossbow if you had if you listen to the quest episode right uh except all of the challenges are like that and it's never explained to them or us yeah that the challenges are like that because the crossbow episode it is later explained that like sometimes you can't win yeah and that's like part of the point and part of the lesson the paladins must learn so then it's an american idol yeah pastiche and they make all four of them sing a public domain song yeah which, which feels like filler it feels like filler and i feel like on any other show i would think it was funny of oh they're doing public domain so they don't have to pay for anything it's m t fucking v right music television and then they have to pitch a tv show and then make excuses to a producer why Andy is late. Yeah, which at least makes sense for the job. Yeah, like, this is a, one of the few times we see them do something that, like, oh, they would legitimately have to do this for the job. Right. Um, And I believe Tanika nails it. Again, Tanika and Melissa are not different enough. Right. So you have a hard time being like, which one of them is which? So in the end... Both boys are eliminated. Mike, Helen, Colin, both eliminated. Despite the fact that there wasn't really any opportunity for one of them to fail. Yeah. Like, all four of them had the same quest, and we don't see any one of them succeed particularly well. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of feels arbitrary. So then we're down to Melissa and Tanika, and then the very end of the sixth episode, we suddenly kind of get... This idea that Tanika is a backstabber and a predator. Mm -hmm. Again, they realize there's no stakes in the show. Yeah. And we have two episodes left and only two contestants. Yeah. Wonder what's going to happen here. Episode seven. Tanika and Melissa. And then Andy Dick receives a letter from a contestant, which this reminds me of London from Daisy of Love. Yes. It's a letter that's like... I got this letter from one of the ex-assistants begging me to take this person back. Dear Andy, how are things? Not great, I am sure, seeing as how I am not there. Perhaps you already clipped the best person for the job. There is no such thing as fair in Hollywood, but it ruined my day. What if I decide this evening to bring everybody back? I probably won't. I will not let you down sincerely. And it's from Mark. Yes, my favorite contestant. So Mark is getting added back for some reason. Yeah, this whole bringing someone back thing is very confusing. I know when I watched this first run, I was very excited that Mark was back. Right. Mark was my favorite. But it's, it's very confusing that this, like, yeah, randomly they're back. They missed a whole episode. Yeah. So then... um, I literally have him in my notes as Ink Master Guy, so I'm going to... Dave Navarro. Dave Navarro. Uh, Ink Master Guy comes in uninvited. He's apparently, like, His neighbors neighbor, with yeah. Andy, and Andy told him to drop by sometime and then didn't really mean it. Yeah, that's just a nice thing you say. So, 
Uh, Andy Dick is supposed to be meeting with his therapist and needs quiet. Dave Navarro comes in to create not quiet. Yes. He's playing with guitars and he's te- Melissa tries to get him to teach her guitar because she doesn't want it to be plugged into the amp. Right. And thinks that like if she can get him to unplug the guitar from the amp and just teach her chords, that that will distract him. Yeah. And this is actually a pretty good plan. Yeah. But Dave Navarro plugs it in and creates a lot of noise and Melissa is bad at guitar. Yeah. This, I think, could have been a good opportunity because the whole idea is Andy wants quiet with his therapist, but Dave is loud. This would have been so much better if Andy had been the mastermind of this and was like, I'm going to tell them I need quiet. Dave's going to do everything he can to be loud. We're going to see if these kids can listen to what I said, not get starstruck, and how they problem solve. This way, Andy doesn't look like an idiot. Like And, like, let's see if they can do it without insulting Dave, too. Like, yeah. can they do something and still represent me in a good way? Yes. And more importantly, it'll look like a game. Yes. This whole episode, nothing looks like a game show anymore. There's also some bit about Glenn Close bought him a plate. It got him made a custom plate of him. Yes. Which, of course, gets broken. Which gets broken by Dave with no footage. Yeah. They, we never see it break. They clearly, like, we see it fall, but we don't get a camera angle of it actually breaking. Yeah, so very suspicious. And then, like, Dave gives them all gifts, and it's very weird. hmm And then we get the fear factor elimination. Yeah. Which... This annoys me so much because they have to walk across the balance beam holding his coffee mm-hmm. across the pool, and then they have to eat gross things. Yeah. And whoever and each thing they do is worth a certain amount of points, and whoever has the least number of points will get clipped. So everything we watched before up until this point is pointless. Yeah, the Dave Navarro sequence has no use. Yeah. So just as a reality show fan is like, oh... Well, this is dumb. So, Melissa does not make it. She falls in the pool. Right. Mark and Tanika both make it. Mark makes it slightly faster. Right. And then we get the wheel of gross things they have to eat. Yeah. Which is wildly unbalanced. Yeah. Mark has to eat a brownie with orange juice and a little bit of grass sprinkled on top. It was a day-old brownie. A day old, excuse me. Yeah. Like, I haven't eaten a week old brown. Yeah. I'm not giving a crap. <laughs> and, like, you know what tastes good with chocolate? Orange. Orange. Yeah. And you know what's probably not that bad? A little tiny sprinkling of grass. Yeah. I mean, it's fresh grass. It had just been cut by the one girl in the first episode. And we literally have no idea how much time has elapsed. Yeah. Um. So Mark just... Kind of shrugs and eats it. Yeah, he's just like, it's a brownie. Mark's like, Dale. I... Mark says almost what I just said. He's like, I need a week old brownie. I don't care. And like the whole bit was like Andy pours orange juice on it. And then while he's eating it, he's just, he just dips it into the orange juice. Yeah. Because he's like, yeah, I look at how, what I'll do for you, Mr. Dick. It's also like, all right, you just dipped a uh, brownie in orange juice. Yeah, no big deal. It's a slightly stale brownie. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, Melissa has to eat a hot dog from a, like, 
a 7-Eleven hot dog that he squeezes grapefruit juice on for some reason. Yeah, I don't get this at all. It's probably not great, but it's not horrifying. No. Like, I don't see where... It would just be like a slight... Grapefruit's bitter. Yeah. It's a bitter citrus on a hot dog. Yeah. Do I want to eat it right now? Not really. No. But is it terrible? Would I eat it so I could get a job with Andy Dick? No. Would I eat it to win a reality show? Probably. Yeah, I was going to say, I would eat it to get a job at MTV when I was 20. Sure. Tanika gets a head cheese popsicle. Yeah, I I don't even know what it is. It's like pork or something. Head cheese is like a meat jelly with like flesh from the head of a calf or pig. It's like an aspic. Yeah, something legitimately gross. It's something... That's not common in our in American culture, and is gross. Yeah, she can't even chew, and it's timed. You have to eat it in thirty seconds. Mark and Melissa down it in thirty seconds. Like, well, yeah. fine. Melissa can't, or Tanika can't chew hers in thirty seconds, much less get the whole thing down. So she's cut. Yeah, because she couldn't eat a popsicle. Yeah, it's made of grossness. Super unfair show. So then we have episode eight. Yeah, we got to declare a winner. The finals. This is Mark and Melissa. We set up that Mark is a hustler and Melissa is a giggly, ditzy blonde. Yeah. Mark's been a hustler the whole show. Mm -hmm. We really didn't get that Melissa was like a giggly ditz. Not really, no. They super cut footage together and you're like, okay, I guess you could create that narrative with enough footage yeah (laughs) that she laughed at some points while being here most of the episode is devoted to like these two montages and andy agonizing over the decision and it's weird because it's montages of clips we haven't seen before right they also have to write him a song because he's performing at, at at some sort of comedy club yeah and his whole bit is that he's pretending to be an 80s band. Yeah. And Mark says, what was it? Ace Monster? <laughs> he's like, give me some 80s terms. And he's just like, Ace Monster. Ace Monster coming to town. Going to catch it down. I don't think the audience liked Ace Monster too much. Catch it down now. Yeah, it's very weird, and it doesn't work. It's so dumb. Yeah, it's just really dumb, and the whole idea is to show, hey, Andy's actually a good comedian. Yeah. But when they tried to write something for him, it didn't go well. Right. So then they do, like, the final ceremony. Yes. Which, again, looks like they half tried, but didn't go for the stylistic suck. Yeah. So then, like, it's, we get this first fake out. Yeah. Of Andy Dick giving this whole speech about Mark. Yeah. Mark, please step forward. Now keep walking. Yeah, so then Mark gets sent and Melissa wins. And, like, Andy's actually a nice person for the first time. Well, this this is a fun bit in that, like, Confetti plays and 
or confetti falls and like these people with trumpet plays and andy's trying to get this necklace on her head that's too small yeah it won't fit over her head which is perfect for like what this show is of just like yeah we didn't think this through and then the music's too loud for him to give a speech so he just starts screaming at the trumpet players yeah and then they get into a car to like go to holly weird and work together and they pass mark who's walking down the driveway sad which is like kind of a good bit he's like yeah bye mark that was fun so yeah that was the show you can tell a reality show is bad when it doesn't get a reunion special you can tell a reality show is bad when the finale is nothing yeah like when there's no suspense no one cares there's no drama yeah she got us to sign on TC. Yeah, this show is so broken. So, I'm guessing you don't have much, like, trivia, because I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find hardly anything on this show. This show is forgotten. I will say this. If you look up The Apprentice, no, not the name of the show. If you look up The Assistant on IMDb, mm-hmm. what do you think its rating is? Like, how many stars do you think it has? I have no idea. Take a guess. Seven. As you look it up right now? Yeah, I'm, we need to know for the show. I don't remember. I, I have a rough idea. I don't, I don't remember the exact number. So you're saying seven? Yeah, sure. Why? Because people are weird. Oh my God. It's 6.9? Nice. Nice. But, like, the show is really bad. Yes. Like, I think we, we, we've clearly said the show is really bad. But in terms of... Parroting reality shows, it's really the first one. Yeah. Because I watched this first run and thought it was amazing. And I think it's because no one was taking the piss out of these shows yet. Right. At least not in this form. But it did not age well. Right. And like, it fails as a parody because it's kind of the same type of parody of like, date movie. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, look at this thing we're referencing. And nothing clever beyond that. Yeah. And it fails as a reality show because, like, I can't, based on what you've told me, it is a reality show. But I can't believe that, like, this isn't just fully scripted. Okay. Because of what's happening, how unfair it is, and, like, this is MTV who also... Revealed at the end of the Osbournes that it was all scripted. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if this is just all BS. I mean, I will say two of the contestants are working actors now. Interesting. Anna is, was on The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Really? Hawaii Five O, the new series. I'd imagine. She's an alum of Stay Doomed. Wait, what? Dr. Chang from Life Sentence. Wait, she was Dr. Chang from Life Sentence? Surprise! We really liked her. Yeah. She was on The Assistant (laughs) as a contestant? Surprise, I did have something for you. Wait. (laughs) Wait. What? This is now my number one person I want to interview on this show. Fair enough. All right, I'm going to have to reach out to this person. Her name is Anna Enger Rich. Anna? Yeah. The one who cried? Yeah. Wow. 
That's insanity to me. Yeah, I mean, she was in The Bold and the Beautiful as Bikini Bar Waitress for three episodes, which is a weird amount of episodes for Bikini Bar Waitress. Yeah. And Melissa, who was the winner of the show, has been on... She's currently on a long run of The Young and the Restless. Okay, that's pretty good. Playing Abby Newman. And she was in the 90210 reboot. She was... A bit parts in a lot of other movies like Ted, 17 Again, A Very Harold and Kumar Christmas. So she's been in a lot of shows. Uh, so they both ended up working. And they're both credited as themselves in The Assistant. And The Assistant, based on what I'm seeing, was both of their big breaks. Interesting. Alright, well I gotta reach out to these people on the Twitters. Yeah. So... I did have something for you in yeah. the end. What, what a surprise. Uh, it's a stay tuned. But in the same way, I feel like you could do this show now and I would be interested. Okay. Like it's this show, the, this series is bad and it's not fun. But if you took another just terrible celebrity and was like, yeah, we're doing a reality show about them. And you get to try to work with them. I'd be all on board for it. Yeah, I would say this is a stay doomed. But this concept could definitely be rebooted. Mm -hmm. I I think you need to have the show run an hour. I think having the 20 minute format really kills it. I think it's very interesting that if you looked at this as a follow up to I'm with Busey. In that like... He tried to make I'm with Dick, and then when it didn't work out, he was just like, well, you know what? This is the show I'm doing. It's kind of funny to think of it that way. Which That's is fair. Not true, but fun to think about. I'll but get my own reality show. It's so strange to think, like, I'm with Busey, so much just absolute insanity happens. Yeah. I believe that more as a real reality show. Than I do the assistant. Yeah. Like if I if I had to pick which one of those was fully scripted, I'd pick the assistant. That makes sense. Anything else to add? Nope. Surprise, Dr. Chang. That is quite the surprise. Uh what are we watching next week, Laura? Next week we are watching two ep- the two episode run of Little Mermaid's Island, a live action puppet show based on the nineteen eighty nine film The Little Mermaid. In celebration of the 30th anniversary of the film, The Little Mermaid. Yeah, I feel old. Thank you. Uh, I wasn't alive. No, I was alive. Crap. I'm very old, too. <laughs> Where can people find us, Lar? At I'mVeryOld.com. That is not uh, true. You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And what if people want to see us live? You can see us live January 2nd through 5th at MAGFest in National Harbor, Maryland. Woohoo! And if you want to talk to me, if you were on The Assistant and you want to talk to me, I'm at TV's Noah. If you cannot believe that there were multiple alum from Stay Doomed prior episodes on The Assistant, I'm at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed. <laughs>